You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. In the last episode, I played you the tape of when I found out the Chicken Man was alive. In my years of research, I'd come to understand the Chicken Man had been blamed for the million-dollar heist that happened the night of the Ali Quarry fight, and that he'd been killed as payback. But the press had it wrong. Not only was Chicken Man alive, he was still in Atlanta. I had so many questions. If there was really a hit put on this man, how did he survive? If he didn't set up the robbery, who did? Why didn't he ever follow up with the police or the press to let them know that they'd gotten it wrong. I had to find Chicken Man and get the answers. It was a part of life now. He became, like, I was the number one. You know, I was the guy, Chicken Man. He was access to the party. His reputation was on the line, most definitely, because everybody had faith in him to pull it off. The gamblers and the jewelry and the minks and the diamonds and the cash, it's all going to converge at Chicken Man's house. When he put the 25000 up in the safe, you know, they was talking business there. I was standing there nervous because of the two guys behind me, nervous because of this man in front of me, nervous because I was in a setting where I had no reason to be. Every hustler, drug dealer, thief, number runner, bootlegger you can think of. All these people came in for this party party. From iHeartRadio and Doghouse Pictures, this is Fight Night. I'm Jeff Keating. After a few weeks, I was able to track down Gordon Williams' number, and I called him on the phone and I said, Hey, my name is Jeff Keating. I don't want to bring up any bad memories, but are you the chicken man? And the phone goes dead for literally like five to ten seconds. And he says, Son, I'm Chicken Man. I'm just glad to have a chance to tell the story. My lifestyle, what I would call a hustler who dealt with the lottery, would run into moonshine whiskey, 
the number in violation, I, I guess you would say. The first crime put me in prison was the lottery. I was what's called a pickup boy. I'm just so shocked and excited to meet this man, and he greets me at the door, and he's just kind of this soft-spoken, quiet man, and just greets me, so, hey, hey, how you doing? Oh, Jeff, you know, it's nice to meet you. And I tell him, you know, a little bit about myself, and we talk family at first, and I'm just excited that I finally have this guy alive and in front of me. And we get into the discussions about the robbery in that night, and he tells me his whole story. Well, in school, I had the money in my pocket. Okay. I was able to buy the little thing in the community that I wanted to buy. Okay. That real quickly, Gordon, before you get to that, tell me how you met Short Papa. How I met Short Papa. Short Papa had, we lived in the project. Short Papa used to come in there and collect from people in the project. Okay. The guy he's talking about here is Short Papa, real name Robert Vambrose. He was Chicken Man's earliest connection to running the lottery and a life in crime. Chicken Man and Short Papa could have easily met at Wesley Merritt Pool Hall, and Short Papa was a hustler that tussled with Mr. Hudson early in his career. Working for Short Papa was the first opportunity you got to buy and do some of the nice things you wanted to do. Yeah. Then I started driving for him on the weekend. And then mom, she getting upset now. So I was stashing the money in the drawer. And uh, so that's when she found out that I was having the money. What would she say? Well, I was doing something. She see the money. Then I was working when I was working in the bus grocery store delivering groceries. And when I was working at the barbershop then, of course, when I was making a few bucks. But not money like that? No, not money like that. So then it becomes, how do I make more money? So you're working for Short Papa and you're doing that stuff. What comes after Short Papa? How do you kind of move up? What happened was, after Short Papa, I went to work for Brother Nick, I told Chicken Man moved on from Short Papa and started working for a guy named Buttermilk. He began selling moonshine and picking up numbers. But I didn't realize the kind of money we were talking about for a high school kid in the late 1940s. What kind of money could you have made? You know, you get a couple hundred dollars a couple of times a week or something like that. Wait, 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 wait. A couple of hundred dollars a couple of times a week yeah. in high school? Back in those days, that yeah. was a lot of money. Yeah. You was. could have been making more than your dad. Well, I could have been. Right. Yeah. I mean, at one point, you were pulling in a couple of bills a week. Yeah. Just to be clear, $100 back in the late 40s, early 50s would have been worth around $1,000 today. So Chicken Man was a high school kid bringing in around $1,000 to $2,000 a week. No wonder he wanted to be a hustler. Chicken Man then moved up to his next lucrative venture, drug dealing. So the marijuana came about to say we small, I guess, dealing with $10 bag and that kind of thing, you know. But my thing was, I always, uh, uh, from the wholesale side, so I was able to meet people and to, to get it into the quantities. Marijuana was the number one product in the nation. I mean, legal, illegal, whatever. I guess you would say it's like organized crime. It was a part of the lifestyle. It became like I was the number one. You know, I was the guy, chicken man, Gordon Williams. Yeah, I got you. And you slowly built up a little nest egg. And yeah. pretty soon, you got a business and you 
houses and all that. Yeah. I must have had 60 properties at one time. 60? Houses? What would you do with all of them? Yeah, well, you know, that's part of the game, right? Chicken Man was the embodiment of the hustler culture. From Miami and Atlanta all the way to New York City, Chicken Man was the hustler's hustler. So it really wasn't surprising at all that he was asked to host this party. And again, the dichotomy of this man in front of me at the time was just hard for me to grasp because I'd been reading so much and hearing so much about the hustler's world. But now I was talking to this man, quiet, soft-spoken. But I will say I do remember occasionally as we started talking about the old life, you get a little glint in his eye or a little smile out of the corner of his mouth or just a little twinkle as he was remembering some of the different stuff that happens. So there was still some connection to Chicken Man, and that's what I was really trying to grab hold of. One of the things that, um, that happened was we had been chosen to like, the site to have the party. We was in New York, and they were talking about the fire. And I thought it was an opportunity for me to uh, host the party and make some money, too. People come. This party was the one that Chicken Man hosted for all the hustlers and gangsters in town following the Muhammad Ali-Jerry Corey fight. And then somebody who lived in New York told me that they was passing invitations out in New York. They told me not to invite anybody. Here's Gordon Williams, Jr. He was access to the party. His reputation was on the line, most definitely, because everybody had faith in him to pull it off. When the party was getting ready to happen, he stayed there more than he stayed at home because he wanted everything to be so perfect. A few days prior to the party, he started getting really, really nervous about things, and he wanted everything to go so good. He wanted to be just like Vegas. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. I had no idea that it was going to get as serious as it had gotten. Every hustler, drug dealer, thief, number runner, bootlegger you can think of across the country. Checked in motels and stuff like that. But as they were coming in, I could hear the excitement in his voice. They were coming from everywhere. Because this was a big event. They were coming from Chicago, Detroit, Louisville. I remember a guy from Louisville. They called him Big Daddy. He was a drug dealer, too. And all these people came in for this party. And my dad was really, really excited. Think about this. All this money is coming into Atlanta now. The gamblers and the jewelry and the minks and the diamonds and the cash. It's all going to converge on Atlanta. And it's all going to converge at Chicken Man's house. When you've got that kind of money and those type of people and that type of invitation on the streets, somebody's going to get wind of this and somebody's going to jump on that opportunity. And who would dare try to stick up these gangsters anyway? But in the shadows, underneath everyone's noses, somebody is planning a heist that's going to be talked about for the next 50 years. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. 
And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. <laughs> There was engraved invitations being printed in Harlem. These invitations stated that the party was going to last for days. And we know with these invitations that are being sent out all across New York and down in Atlanta that one of these got in the wrong hands. My dad was really excited about this. This was the cream of the crop. This is the the most excited I've ever seen him. And he said that this is going to be... This right here is going to, you know, we're going to live good forever after this. He figured that this right here would take care of us forever. But they done told me in New York, listen, two people in Atlanta, we don't want to know where the party at. Who was that? One of them was Buddy Gloss. Remember, Buddy Gloss was one of Chicken Man's competitors that Gordon Williams Jr. told us about in episode one. He owned a service station right here, Little Five Points, and we used to take so much drugs and hot clothes and that service station was just like the hub for everybody to go to if you had something you wanted to get rid of anything you wanted to get rid of that was hot or stolen you go right there buddy would buy it 
I don't care what it was. Don't tell Penny, come out, and he don't never know. Thomas, so he don't need to know, and we don't want, we just don't want him to know. I don't know, they never explained to me why, they, but they told me don't tell nobody in line. Chicken Man is talking about Buddy Gloss, one of his competitors, who the gangsters in New York told him not to tell about the after-hours party. I hadn't told nobody, because that was my own. As Chicken Man was getting this house set up, another guy right down the street is buying a shotgun. Whoever's trying to pull this off, they got to be arrogant. They got to be able to navigate the world of these hustlers. They are these hustlers. They got to be able to fit in right under the noses of these gangsters without them even knowing it. Maybe these gangsters just never considered that anyone would have the balls to rob them. But if you think about it, something was bound to happen. There were just too many riches being flaunted in one place, one community at one time in the hands of people celebrating people with their guards down, for there not to be opportunists who would try to take advantage of this window, not to mention a criminal mastermind. The heavyweight championship fight always attracts the superstars, the rich and the famous. Here's J.D. Hudson, the lead investigator on the case. That's just the way that the nature always have historically. And with Muhammad Ali, with the controversy of his uh, refusing to go into service and all of that legal problems he had, had his title taken from him, that just generated more interest. They were throwing big parties, you know, no money limit. They were playing poker and shooting dice, you know, for, and back in the, uh, those years, for three and four and five thousand dollars a roll and stuff like that. Yeah, they had the bodyguards, the entourages with them, and um, it was just uh, very festive. I went to the trains and, and all everything where he trained at, and everything he had made a public appearance or something, because that was kind of like a hustler's world series. Here's Dr. Hobson. Muhammad Ali's exhibitions and training at Morehouse College was done so by design. Morehouse College means so much to the Atlanta community. It is the institution of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, Dr. Samuel Archer. It was also kind of a safe haven. It was one of those places to where he was tucked away, he was protected, and it was in the heart, the skull and bones of Black Atlanta. Here's JD telling me about the amount of money coming in to Atlanta for Muhammad Ali's comeback fight. These hustlers who flew in, some of them had their Rolls Royces driven to Atlanta. These people had money. A lot of money. A lot of money. There must have been eight or ten Rolls Royces, all kind of big cars and hustlers and camps dressed like the movie stars. Okay. In front of the reading this. So the Hyatt Regency Hotel, being this new, chic, modern hotel, was particular to the black community, and it was even made to be the headquarters for the Ali fight. And it filled up with droves of black people wanting to see the champ come back in this black city. So if you were anybody coming to Atlanta, you better believe you rode in your finest car, you had on your finest clothes, and you were staying in the finest hotel downtown. The Regency Hyatt 
was very prominent in the news because it opened on May 1st of 1967. This is my mom. She and my dad met at the Regency Hyatt and had recently gotten married. And it created quite a frenzy in the world because it was the first atrium hotel. Atlanta in 1970 was a city evolving into a contemporary cosmopolitan city. The Regency wasn't just a hotel in downtown when it first opened in 1967. It actually had a deep connection with Atlanta's black population and its culture. And here's my dad again, Tom Keating. I'd been in the Regency the Sunday before or even the day of the fight, and I had seen all the regality of all the black elite and also the black criminal elite. And so I had seen things I'd never seen before. And I would have been out of my element. I would have been saying to myself, oh my goodness. And then the next thing I would see, I would have said, oh my goodness, even bigger. And the third thing I would have seen, I would have said, oh my God. People coming to Atlanta, visitors from out of town, were fascinated with this hotel. Aretha Franklin, Jesse Jackson, John Wayne, all the presidents from Nixon to Clinton actually stayed at that hotel. It had a lounge called the Le Parasol Lounge. It was a cocktail lounge that hung in the air by a wire. And it had a three-story aviary with live exotic birds in it, the macaws and parrots and cocky the rock, which is a tropical bird. And it was constantly filling the air with native sounds. Martin Luther King and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference tried to get their first annual meeting at a hotel in Atlanta. And it was the only hotel that allowed them to be hosted there. King called the Hyatt Regency the Hotel of Hope. The latest iteration of Atlanta as the Black Mecca is Black expressive culture. It is a young, sexy, active kind of city. And why not wrap that around Muhammad Ali, who's fighting at the age of 28? And hey, let's come down here and let's stunt. Hey, let's show the world what we're made of and have a good time. Not only was the Regency Hotel the place where all the celebrating and parties took place, it was also where Muhammad Ali and his entourage were staying. My dad, who was a teacher across the street at St. Joe's, got up the nerve to track down his room number with the intention of asking Ali to speak to his students. Here's my mom describing the scene my dad encountered as he walked into the lobby. It had a 22-story floor-to-ceiling atrium. The elevators were all glass, and they raced up and down the atrium at a speed of 710 feet a minute. It had sparkling lights in each elevator. So I went up. And knocked on the door. And two of the largest black guards who were protecting him came to the door. Maybe one had the gun out. I remember two very tall, certainly to me, uh, overwhelming sized guards came. And I told them who I was. And I asked them if I could please ask Mr. Ali that I was hoping he would meet children at St. Joe's. I was feeling anxious and determined to get to where I could ask him to 
come talk to students. And for some reason, they let me buy that little alcove area. When I stepped into the room, he was in bed with uh, sheets up to his, just below his chest. I was standing there, nervous because of the two guys behind me, nervous because of this man in front of me, nervous because I was in a setting where I had no reason to be. But I plunged on. I asked if he would consider motivating the students at St. Joe's. And we had some quick discussion about the fee he would receive. And I think he mentioned it. He would be, was used to $1,500. And I volunteered that uh, the best I could do would be two hot dogs and a Coke. He said that he'd get back to me when he got back from his next venture, which was to go to Hawaii, if I remember. And so I kind of, the way you do with royalty, uh, backed out of the room, I'm sure stuttering or being nervous, and uh, left the floor and went downstairs with some confidence that at least I had gotten through the experience and had asked him to do something to help the kids. You have all of these different forces coming together at the Regency. You have J.D. and his policeman and his security detail for Ali. You've got Ali and his entourage. You've got Chicken Man and all the hustlers that were coming back from the fight that were about to be preparing to go to the party. You've got celebrities that are in town partying. You've got journalists from all over the world that are there. Everybody is coming in to one spot. The Regency was just like the central location of Atlanta. And the whole time this is happening in the background, you have a mastermind at work preparing for the biggest heist in history. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith. And we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. And people just converged into Atlanta. All the hotels were sold out. Like one guy bought the whole 10th floor to build my hotel, moved everybody out, paid for them to be relocated. So, but what happened was, now we got it all set. And the day that the people started arriving into Atlanta, so when I get to the airport, and we get out, we run up there, people coming into Atlanta because the fire, I mean, the airport was busy. That's when the apple was sitting back up on that hill. And yeah. When I get there to pick up JB, I meet Fireball. So Fireball introduced me to this guy. He said, listen, will you run us by the hotel? So I said, well, I got to, I can't Chicken Man is picking up JB, his friend from New York, and he meets Fireball, who he already knew from his earlier years in Atlanta, and Fireball's friend. He agrees to take them to Atlanta's Biltmore Hotel, and then he'll run JB to the Regency where all the action is going on. Get in the car. So we get in the car, Fireball, and the fella that was with Fireball were talking about Atlanta's bosses having better hot dogs than they have in New York in the little car. So that was a conversation between them. Here's Dr. Hobson. The Varsity is an establishment in downtown Atlanta that borders Georgia Institute of Technology. It's off of North Avenue. So as a result of this, the Varsity also becomes a place where some young people, black and white, had an opportunity to get jobs. So they wanted to go to the Biltmore Hotel. Fireball, being from Atlanta, knew where the Varsity was. Mm-hmm. He knew the Varsity was right there at the Biltmore Hotel. Mm-hmm. So he wanted me to carry them by the Varsity to get some hot dogs. Chicken Man just picked up two of his friends from the airport, Fireball and another guy from New York. These are dangerous guys who've committed violent crimes, and they're headed to the varsity, which is cash-heavy. The varsity was able to serve massive amounts of people in a very short period of time. And so we all know that there was serious exchange of cash, that the managers that be were cash-heavy. I mean, they had a lot of cash on them because it was a, you know, a fast transaction. So when we get to the varsity, the boy was with Fireball said, man, this be a hell of a place to rob. So he said that, 
JB was with my friend. He said, look at this motherfucker talking about Rob or somebody. <laughs> uh, so I said, well, that's Fireball's friend. I don't know him. He upset. The guy who says, this would be a hell of a place to rob, we believe is Richard Wheeler. Chicken Man and his friends are pissed. This guy is talking about sticking up the varsity, one of the hot spots in their town. However, this is nothing compared to what Richard Wheeler has in store for them. So we took five of them on to the Biltmo. So we go to the Regis. So, you know, he, he was still upset about it, about, what, about the robbery part. Uh-huh. But when I get to the hotel, we rent the room. We go to, they got a reservation, but they want credit card, right? Uh-huh. So he ain't got no credit card. So I tell you, he put up like 25000 so they give us, they get the room, right? He, he, he get all the room that's vacant, right? On that floor, right? Well, he put the 25000 up in the safe, the folk went to, the, uh, you know, they were the talking business there. So now, it's the night before the fire. I went and got my wife and went and checked in the hotel. I knew this thing was serious. Girl, I told me to go and get some serious dudes at this house. I'd have been one of the guys who gonna rob the place. Chicken Man has checked his wife into a hotel. We assume to keep her away from the action and the girls that he's entertaining. One of his buddies just dropped 25 grand for a whole floor at the Biltmore Hotel. And another guy, Richard Wheeler, who wanted to rob the varsity right when he got into town, we believe is casing Chicken Man's house for a huge score. And one of Chicken Man's girls recognizes there are some serious gangsters at their house partying. Looking back, he knows that one of these guys set up the robbery at his house and changed his life forever. Fight Night is a joint production from iHeartRadio, Will Packer Media, and Doghouse Pictures in association with Psychopia Pictures. Produced and hosted by Jeff Keating. Executive producers are Will Packer, James Lopez, Kenny Burns, Dan Bush, Lars Jacobson, and Noel Brown. Supervising producer is Taylor Shacoin. Story editors are Noel Brown and Dan Bush. Written by Jeff Keating and Jim Roberts. Edited by Matt Owen. Mixing and sound design by Jeremiah Kulani Prescott. Music written and performed by the Diamond Street Players. Additional music by Ben Lovett. Audio archives courtesy of WSB News, Film, and Videotape Collection, Brown Media Archives, University of Georgia Libraries. Special thanks to Dr. Maurice Hobson and David Davis. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. Tired of restless nights? 
At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.